Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's up, Seminole Headlines podcasters? Thanks so much for listening to the program. As always, the podcast brought to you in part by our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Today, no different. Appreciate them enabling us to do this for you. What else they'll do for you is uh, work hard throughout the state to ensure uh, that the insurance companies are doing the right thing and they're not acting in bad faith. Uh, they will they'll get after the insurer if they are. They'll inspect and assess the loss on your behalf. By the way, they are throughout the state just because an insurance company tells you no or there's a certain amount that they're willing to give out doesn't mean that's the end of the story. Find out more. Go to policyadvocate.com. That'd be policyadvocate.com. Or call 888-904-2524. Onward we go with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols, and pies starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. Hour number two, headliner questions forthcoming. Thanks for joining our Jeff. There's Ira, there's Corey, there with Warchant. This hour brought to you by our friends at Birch Orthodontics. Virtual orthodontics, best in the business. You know, I think I told the story that Bryce was sort of willy-nilly on wearing the rubber bands these last uh, few weeks. But uh, I did tell him that uh, I brought that to the public's notice. And Dr. Birch heard about it and sent me a text telling him to get off his ass and put those rubber bands on. And <laughs> you know what? You know what? He has. He's nice. been wearing them. He's been wearing them. So I think we've turned the corner. He's bought in. Just like we're trying to get these kids bought in in this program. Bryce is bought into Birch Orthodontics and the tutelage of Dr. Birch. I wanted to ask you guys some advice real quick. Uh, so Brady famously, I've famously never even met Dr. Birch. I'm not sure she actually exists. Y'all talk about her like she does. I've never met her. Um, but Brady's going to be in town tomorrow, Friday. And he, had ju- he just went to the dentist, and the dentist said he didn't think Brady needed braces. But to That's me, a good tennis right there. Run for the well, hills. Well, right, but I'm like, is that – I thought everybody needed braces. And if you're going to get them, Brady wants to get them now eighth, in eighth grade so he doesn't have to have them in high school. Correct. So what are the odds that I can swing by Birch Orthodontics tomorrow afternoon and say, can you look at my kid's mouth for 20 minutes and tell me if he needs braces? For Corey Clark? That's I right. Think, yeah, I got to think – I got to think Jeff, Jeff will make that happen. Can you well, make that? Can one of y'all make that happen? And say, can, Heather. I, yeah, I can forward you the number, and you can make an arrangement. I don't know <laughs> oh, if I'm going to do oh, much else. That's not. That. That's not. That's not. That's not the. I, that's not what I was looking for. Hey, listen. Not everybody gets Dr. Birch's number, but if I was willing to forward to it, consider yourself with a prized possession. Reach out accordingly. Say this is the Corey Clark mm. from Seminole Headlines. 
going to be in town. I want you to do a once over with my kid's uh, teeth and let me know what you think, because I've got a quack up here in Atlanta who says he's fine and I don't trust him. Yeah, don't trust him at all. I need a second opinion and I want yeah. you to stay open late. I want you to stay yeah. open late on a Friday because I'm Corey yeah. Clark and that's what I need. But anyway, Ira, isn't that everybody should go to Dr. Birch, whether you have her cell phone number or not. Yeah, and I'm uh, actually not sure that they're open on Friday, Corey. So that that may Even be a better. Problem. I'll go to her house. <laughs> Just you guys can meet somewhere. Maybe you guys can meet at Horizons. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Birch Orthodox is the website. BirchOrthodox.com is the website. Great work, great con- the free consultations, payment plans, best in the business. Check them out, and uh, most people will actually make an appointment. Unlike Corey. So you might yeah. want to try that route. It might be more uh, mm. better for you. I got to tell you, uh, Corey, if you do meet Birch Orthodontic uh, or Dr. Birch out and about, you, you've got you got to look down. She's four feet six. Oh, so okay. It's, 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 a, it's a she's not a not, very tall woman. She's not she's right. not she's not four feet six. She's not four six, but close. I think I'm closer than than she would want to admit. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, Ryan asked on Twitter, Ira, would you rather eat a loaf of wet bread, a jar of mayonnaise, or drink a flat soda full of cigarette butts? Yay, off-season questions. Man alive, I'm not answering that. That's ridiculous. Of the the three, I would go with the wet bread. The wet uh, bread, for sure. uh, uh, Tokakaji, whatever his name is in the hot dog contest, that's all, chestnut, that's all they do is eat wet hot dog buns. It can't be that bad. Um, I have no, yeah, I have no idea how to answer Walter's next question. He wrote, "I passed sixty in September. Life is good, no worries, no regrets, just living day to day." What are you oldsters looking forward to when you hit the big six zero? Man, that's eons from now, Walter. You'll be dead before I and I are sixty. I don't know, buddy. That's, <laughs> oh boy, that's, that's a toughie. Um, ooh, I don't know. I don't. I just live day to day. I thought fifty was. Fine, I'm okay with it. You know, I don't like the occasional aches and pains that come out of nowhere. Other than that, I'm all right. It'll be okay. I look forward to my kids being out of the house. I guess that's it, right? Like your kids are off doing their own thing. Maybe yeah. doing a little traveling around the country in an RV or something. Absolutely, a big old Winnebago. Something yeah, like I could, that. I, that. That's I could do that. Stephanie and I'm I could get visit. a an RV and tra- drive to the Grand Canyon or something, and then yeah. just drive into the Grand Canyon. <laughs> we we made it to sixty hundred. No reason to live after that. Yeah, I want to. I want to. Like when I'm retirement, I want to like find like a little five and dime like mom and pop shop and nice. run that. That's what I want. I want to run a little. I want to run a little mom and pop shop in in uh, some tiny town somewhere. You know, here's the thing. I was not even kidding, folks. I'm not. He does. He's not kidding, and he'd be good at it. He'd be so nice. I, I'm picturing sixty year old Ira. How you doing, ma'am? Can I help you with anything? I'm just, I can see it as she walks in, the little bell rings on the door. Ching, ching. Does Kim she want to do that? Uh, I mean, we're talking about my fantasy here, Corey. I don't know. Well, oh, so she's from a small yeah. town. She can relate yeah. to that. Be Take right. the mom out of it, though. It would just be a pop store. No, no. Yeah, no, she'd be, she'd be, she'd be down. I may be 70 or 80 by the time we can retire. But, uh, you know, that's... Uh, yeah, man. Well, it's good to have fun. dreams. It's good to have dreams. Dreaming big over here. Yeah. John wanted to know, does Jeff Cameron show still have a show? He's confused. Is he going to be on radio, podcast, Patreon, YouTube, somebody else? Well, in due time, John, I'll let you know. But I do have a show. 
You're listening to Headlines right now on ESPN Radio. Also, Jeff Cameron Show tomorrow at 3 o'clock will be on as scheduled. So just hang in there. More news on the way down the line. Uh, all right. Let's go here. We've got, in recent years, this is from Matthias. In recent years, I have thought our secondary had talent because of their athletic ability and star rankings coming in. But then every year they play two-hand touch and let everybody wide open. Yet again, they seem strong. But will they actually stop anybody, any receiver at all? That's uh, Matthias. He's clearly frustrated much the way Corey is. I, too, gave up on watching our secondary last year. But understand this, Matthias, that Florida State, again, has not been able to pressure the quarterback in any way, shape, or form uh, by winning one-on-one matchups. So when they, when, they, when they have to, they pressure schematically, and it's usually abundantly clear that they're going to be pressuring, and they don't get home. So it's really been a double whammy. Guys have to, recover, you know, guys have to cover for six, seven, eight seconds, and that's, a, that's an impossibility. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, there's a. It's on the one hand. I mean, I feel. I think most people feel exactly the way he does. You look at some of these guys, and we've been talking about some of these guys for so long now that you think, okay, maybe they're not as good as we thought they were, or, or maybe somehow this, this things are going to turn around. But why would they turn around? And you know, I, you know, pass rush will be very important. But that's not all. It's also understanding the schemes, playing with confidence. I mean, I think that's as big as anything. I mean, those guys, yeah. they don't look confident. They haven't looked confident in, you know, I don't know, man, since Jeremy Pruitt left, I mean, yeah. Charles Kelly at least. I mean, those guys, the last three or four years have just looked like, they look like they're trying to cover acres and acres of land by themselves. Like they just <laughs> don't have any confidence in what they're doing. And it's like, wh- why is that? Why, how do you, how do you, and that's hard, man. Like, how do you have confidence without success? But we know you can't have success without confidence. So unlocking that is big. And, and it's a weird secondary. Like we talk about them being talented. I don't know how talented they are. They're a lot of them though. And it's, you know, they do have depth. And what's weird going into this season is that I, you know, looking at that top 40 list, there's like eight or nine, maybe nine secondary guys on it. They've all played. Like, not many schools in the country, maybe no school in the country, has more DBs that have actually started and played games as Florida State does going into this season. Like, Sidney Williams. I, I forgot all about it. He started the last two games of the season and had 16, well. had 16 tackles in two games, which mm-hmm. I'm sure led the team. And, and Renardo Green, Akeem Dent, Miko Dotson, on it, Brownlee, all these guys have played a lot of football. It's just, I don't know that any of them are NFL guys, but nobody, I don't know that any other secondary in the country has nine guys, Brendan Gant, uh, that have actually started games and played. I mean, from a physical I, standpoint, if you just looked at them off the hoof, I mean, I think, I think Jarvis Brownlee's a guy that, I'm just looking at the list. I think Jarvis Brownlee's a guy that can play in the NFL. I think uh, we haven't seen Demore Tate, but physically he's that kind of guy. Uh, Travis Jay certainly is. Sidney Williams is. The Kevin Knowles kid could be. Akeem Dent was a five star. I mean, he, it couldn't have been bigger coming out of coming out of high school. There's talent there. I mean, there is talent. I, it's there. We're not looking at a bunch of like Corey Mangum's out there. They have guys that can run and have good size. It just hasn't come together. Why we got to? Why do we got to do that to Mangum? I mean, I, mean, I love come Corey on, Mangum, man. but you know, so many no, other those, guys. By chosen. the way, yeah, real quick there, I, I would say there's no doubt they have talent. They do. You know, those guys can all run. They can all, I think, you know, stop on a dime turn, get back to full speed. They get inside the hip pocket and go. They just haven't played with much confidence. They've been playing in a scheme uh, that I don't know that they ever bought into. A lot of different kinds of um, defensive looks. 
Uh, they didn't trust each other. They didn't make plays. And then, of course, they never got pressure on the quarterback. Last year was a joke. Guys had all day to sit back there and pick you apart. So it all goes downhill in a hurry. Started with the Georgia Tech game. And in the second half, they couldn't stop anybody. I mean, you know, we're watching Sims throw the ball over the lot. You're like, this kid looks like a Heisman Award winner. And then they, Georgia Tech the next week probably got their ass beat. They were terrible. So, you know, yeah. at that point, you're sitting around thinking, well, we're not any good at all. And the answer was, you're not. No. Yep. So it's, it's, Correct. they got to have some success. What did Georgia um, Tech win like three games last year? No, they were terrible. They were terrible. Probably. I probably. Think, I, I do think one of them was over Miami in overtime, wasn't it? I think they beat Miami down in Miami. I, I, that's no, I don't remember the 2020 football. Uh, yeah. Maybe that was the year before. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Corey writes, uh, does the college football playoff expansion really change the number of teams who can win a national title? Really, there's only about 13 schools who can win one, right? FSU, Florida, Georgia, Bama, Auburn, LSU, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Texas, USC, OU, maybe Penn State or Michigan. Does this open the door for the Wisconsins or the Oregons, in your opinion? Yes, well, look, Oregon can win a national championship. Oregon played in two national championship games, lost on a last-second field goal in one, and lost in the fourth quarter in the other. So they've proven they can get there. Um, yeah, you know, I wonder, do you think there can be uh, – the play obviously we talked about this. The playoff will be more inclusive. Instead of, you know, four teams – seven teams thinking they have a chance at the playoff in November, there'll be 25 teams. And over the course of five seasons, if you have a 12-team playoff – You'll probably have 35 different schools, 30 or 35 different schools be a part of it. My question is, can one of these schools that's a, not a, thought of as a football power, so I'm not talking about Florida State, turn into like a Gonzaga? Where like, if you would have talked to any of us in college and said, um, who's, a, who's one of the best basketball programs on the West Coast? I didn't even know where Gonzaga was. And I knew about John Stockton. That's the only reason I'd ever heard of Gonzaga. People right. that are young now listening to this show... Y'all don't remember, Gonzaga was nothing forever. They were the darlings of the NCAA tournament one year because nobody had ever heard of them. This was like the late 90s. And now they're a blue blood. Now they get, now they're one of the best, maybe one of the top three or four programs in the country. I think a lot of that is because of what they did in the NCAA tournament back, back when. They made a couple runs uh, in the early 2000s. They became a, a known name, and the guy stayed there forever, and they became a power. Can that happen in college football? Like, just say with... Uh, Boise State. Not even them. San Diego State. Because of the population of that area, the state, could San Diego State, if they made a couple of playoffs, if they went 10-1, and 11-0 in back-to-back years, or 12-0, and and got to the second round of the playoffs, and then it became, could they turn themselves, could the playoffs well, turn them into a power? The answer would be UCF. UCF oh. could do that. I mean, I, they, that campus and that school is huge. Uh, they're, they're getting bigger all the time. Them and USF. I mean, we'll see if USF ever gets it together. But schools in heavy, heavily populated areas that can really recruit uh, and has had success. UCF, I mean, beat Auburn. We watched, you know, we saw what they were. I, if that 12-team playoff had been in place, they would have been there back-to-back years. Who knows? They, they could have been doing what you're talking well, about. Well, and maybe you recruit off that. That's what I'm right. saying. Like, you recruit yeah. off that. You're like, look, we're in the playoffs. We're in the playoffs every year. Come here. Don't go to these other in-state schools. I wonder if that can happen to the point at a smaller school where then it becomes a power. Because otherwise, I think the, the, the basis of the question is correct. How many schools can really compete? There'll be 40 schools competing to get into the playoffs. How many have a real shot of winning? I don't know. I don't know how that number goes up. 
No, that number probably doesn't. But the truth is, going back to every system they've ever had in college football, that was always true. Yes, I know we have a BYU in 84. Yes, I know we have Georgia Tech and Colorado. Yes, I know there are some outliers. But by and large, you go back, look at the powers that be. It's always been an Oklahoma, an Alabama, a Notre Dame, a Southern Cal, you know, those kinds of – it's always been that way. Back in the day, Michigan mattered. They haven't mattered in a very, very long time. But you know what I'm saying. It was pretty much always those sorts of blue bloods. There hasn't been a school that emerged and became this other than Florida State. Florida State became this thing out of nowhere. Yeah, who was the last one? Was it Florida State, Florida, and Miami? Are those the last ones, Ira, that you can think of that like – Kicked down the door? Yeah, that became traditional powers? Seems like it. Yeah, Oregon, I mean, seems like it. I don't know if Oregon is on that – they're not on that same level, yeah. but Oregon Oregon might be the closest recent addition because they played in some championship games. Um, and they're, top, yeah, they're top 10, top 15. It just doesn't happen much. I think the playoff can – can uh, expedite that a little bit for maybe a program that's an can also it, ran. Can it do anything for the teams not metropolises like like Boise and BYU? Just the fact that there's now there's a path to get into the playoff. Yeah, but I just think will Boise ever recruit against Alabama and in yeah. USC? Like, would it's just such a different kind of town? Like, yeah. what what would be, be hard? Yeah, to okay. Do. I know you're telling me I can go play in the playoffs at Bo- in Boise, but I have to live in Idaho. I'm not living in Idaho. I don't want to go. I don't want to. I don't need my own militia. I don't have to live on a mountain. I'm not right, going yeah, to yeah. Idaho. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's that rare recruit that you find that runs a four four forty that doesn't trust the government. We can't <laughs> wait to go to. <laughs> Did it? Seminole yeah. headlines on ninety seven nine ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole headlines returns now on ninety seven nine ESPN Radio. Or headliner questions. If you could be a part of this staff, uh, what job would you take? The glamour of an OC, the important work of a position coach that focuses on recruiting, or a shady bag man that frequents McDonald's? <laughs> a what bag man? A shady. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think I'd take the shady bag man. There's not a lot of work there. You're just dropping off money. Yeah, but you take the fall. You're the fall guy. Things, if That's things all right. Pay, I'll pay it off and whatever. My reputation's ruined. Everybody knows they're bag men in college football. I'll live okay on the beach. Make sure you – I got a fallback plan. I got to tell Jimbo, hey, man, when we get caught, and we will, you got to take care of me now. <laughs> like, make sure I'm all set. Are the bag men sweating it a little bit now that there's going to be some over-the-table money going to these kids? It's not all under the table? Uh, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, the reality is – this the NIL money is not going to be big money, and for the most part, I mean, says for, you, for the most part. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't. I mean, because the reality is, for a business to, to to for a business to spend a lot of money on marketing, which is what that would be, to have a kid sponsor them or tweet about them or whatever it is, and actually have that as an official line item on their P and L, like it's a business decision. How much of a business? How much of an impact? Is any of McKenzie yeah, or any of those guys like on the books going to do for their business? And who was who, who was the guy that ran Auburn forever? Bobby Louder, the banker. Yes, Bobby Louder, I mean, the he banker. He was a yeah. banker. He doesn't. He he just wants the kid to come to school, so he doesn't care what it does for his business. He's got more money than he knows what to do with. So I'm going to give uh, this kid hundred and fifty thousand dollars to tweet about my bank to make sure he comes to Auburn. I mean, I do think some but, of that will still happen. But you're a but you're a bank and you have shareholders that want return on their investment. Like that's their money. 
if you want to do whatever you want with your own money, that's fine. Well, but if you're affecting you, look, the business, shareholders you, and the owners of the business, you get, you get your lawyer involved and you, and you, you come up with some <laughs> sort of contract where maybe it's your money. You know, whatever you got to do. There's some gray area there, Iris, all I'm saying. There's some gray area there. I just think and there's I, still going to be cheating. Yeah. And what, what's on the books is going to be pretty minimal for the most part, and I think. I can't wait. I'll be honest with you guys. I can't wait to see Travis Hunter at Horizons. It's going to be every, big. Every, after every Sunday, Sunday, after every game. He, where do I go to watch the direct NFL network? Where do I go to watch the NFL games? I go to Horizons for brunch. Just think about it, Kyle and Mike. Just think about it. Corey writes, can you do daily headlines until Jeff Cameron show moves? Corey Clark, can you confirm, say with a bottle cap twist, that he is going to war champion? <laughs> oh, I, yeah. Right. Roger That's writes. That's funny. I do have a bottle. I do have a bottle in my hand. Of course you do. Yeah, of yeah. course you do. Roger writes, no question, just yay sausage to the three of you. But hey, what are you doing right now, by the way? Are the, is this Facebook or Twitter? Uh, I'm reading Twitter questions. What are we doing? They, what, what happened to Facebook? What I, what I do that for? It's going to happen. We're in segment right. two, I have a plan. Dude. You just need to let me do what Relax. I'm doing here. Well, I'll I, be honest with you. What? The Twitter guys haven't brought Jack squat. They're asking <laughs> us about wet bread and you going to let, watch it. Let me, let, me, let me say one thing here, Jeff. So our man, we do a show before 10 o'clock. We, we decide to record before 10 o'clock. It's stunning. You, it's a stunning you, change. And yes. But do you notice his temperament? Mm. I mean, he's like struggling. he's struggling. Yeah, he had Daddy, to get up before hey, ten, guys, and he's struggling. The, the Daddy, anger. Daddy, Daddy needs a nap. I mean, it's it's unreal. I, mm-hmm. Especially is, watching my Hawks win last night, you'd think I'd be in a better mood. But I'm trying to do the math of how much nap time can I get before I got to go pick up Brady from this camp, and it keeps dwindling. This I, well, I might I, have I, a, I, the show is the show. What do you want me to do? We're asking Twitter questions or Facebook <laughs> questions. We got to do two hours, buddy. It doesn't really matter. He's mad um, at the world. Hey, Sorry, as guys. an aside, really quick, Ronald Rides, hope you gentlemen had a good Father's Day. I spent mine fishing the ponds at the Hauser Concourse. <laughs> <laughs> that, that made it all worthwhile. Oh, that is fantastic. Um, <laughs> hey, so Z writes over under two and a half Twitter questions actually asked by Cameron. Well, we're all taking the over big time. Way Z. over. Way, Way over. over, baby. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, here we go, really quickly. Uh, skinny writes. Oh, never mind. That's just a that's just a gif. Ethan writes. Corey and the old guys. Now that we've all had a chance to reflect on the past season, what school would you say is the Lewis Hamilton of ACC lacrosse? Well, <laughs> clearly, men's uh, or women's, right? Yeah. Clearly, Boston, Boston College women. Who so, won the, by the did, who won the? I I literally can't remember who won the men's lacrosse. Wasn't it an ACC team? Yes. Was it Virginia? I think it was Virginia. Could have been. Yeah, it wasn't Duke way, or North Carolina. I don't know. They just uh, sent out the thing for uh, ACC Athlete of the Year voting for men's and women's from the conference. Oh, well, we and I was, asked, I was asked to vote. It, but for the for the men, I voted for John Pock. I'm sure Trevor Lawrence is probably going to win. I voted for John Pock. And then the women's, I did my research. And, yeah, that apparently that young lady from Boston College, their lacrosse team apparently is like the best in the world or something. So I think I went okay. with it. Right. right. So that was a uh, riveting Facebook question from Andrew. Here we go. We've made the shift, Corey, just for you. Nice. What summer Olympic sport do you think you could put up a respectable showing in against the best in the world? Oh, we've hmm. talked about this. I, I do think, maybe not now because we're older, but when we were in our early 30s, 
Mm-hmm. I think the three of us could have gotten eight of our friends and maybe been the best handball team in the world. <laughs> Nobody plays it. Nobody knows how to play it. If you know the rules, you're one of the best in the world because you just know the you, you, they they don't know the rules and you just run by them. I don't know if you have to dribble. I don't know anything about it, but I think if we took six weeks when we were in our thirties and just trained, just trained, said this is what we're doing, we're going to become, we're going to devote ourselves to being a great handball team, that we would be the best handball team in the world. I would also say that that holds true because I can hammer a shuttlecock. So I'll let you, I'll let you know right now. There's no chance I wouldn't have been a dominant badminton player just mm. hammering the shuttlecock. And that would have been us all day, buddy. We could have been good. We could have my, been good in, my, in our prime. My sister in college, she went to George Washington. She and her, she played badminton for George Washington's badminton team. They had a badminton team. What? And she, she and her partner were ranked in doubles nationally in badminton. Boom! My sister. My sister. Boom! How crazy is that? Like Your she sister was, dominating the shuttlecock. It, that doesn't make on, sense, man. man. My sister. You're, you're the shuttlecock. Did she play it as a kid? Did she was a good in high school? She played it in high school. Like our high school had a badminton team. How about that? Like you never. What is going anymore. on? Yeah, of course. North Miami don't. Senior Why High, buddy. Coach Baglos coached the uh, badminton team. But she see, didn't that's go. That's my point. That's my point, though, Ira. How many people around the country were playing badminton to the point you'd be ranked? Probably. It's like prob- the luge. Right? Probably not a lot. Yeah, I was gonna like. I think if I was nineteen and I, and I devoted myself to handball or the luge. By 25, I'm one of the best in the world. Would you, like, you think your dad would have built you a little luge course in, in Atlanta to, to train you? That's what he should have done. He could have been yeah. like the Marinovich of luge. Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Because, look, I'm doing this with Brady. I'm, I'm paying for these camps and hitting lessons. There's a million kids that play baseball. There's, yeah, 11, there's 11 that luge. All you have to do is be an athlete, not 400 pounds, and you can be a pretty good loser. The luge is dangerous, though. I think we want to stick to badminton and handball and things of yeah. that ilk. Maybe yeah. ping pong. Yeah, that kind How of. How about you, you could do the frisbee golf or whatever? You could that's train not him an on Olympic that. Sport, that's though. not I an Olympic sport. sport. It might be uh, by then, though. Oh, no, I'm by sure. The it time will he's, be. By the time he's twenty. Yeah. Hey, what was the dumbass sport where you twirled the the, the ribbon, or you you had the people dancing uh, around? Uh, rhythm gymnastics. Rhythm oh, dancing or something. Gosh. What are we doing? That's yeah. just how did anybody just not turn to the other and say, What are we what the hell is this nonsense? These people are just throwing around with little ribbons. What is this? What's yeah, ridiculous? and they're like they're a hundred yards from guys and women breaking 10 seconds in the hundred meters, like doing yeah. real athletic events. Yeah. Let's mosey on over and see some see Who some woman that? flip a feather to herself like a cat. Like, oh, there's a, there's a feather I can catch. They're hanging out. I mean, can you imagine how depressing that would be as a parent? Because you have to support your children, whatever path they go down. The day they come home and say that they want to dance around and twirl the ribbon, boy or girl, it doesn't matter to me. I'm just telling you, that is the most boring, ridiculous, non-sport I have ever seen. What are we doing? It's crazy. I mean, and you'd have to go to those events and be like, oh, you were really good today, Kathy. This was special. At least when they practice, it's quiet. Like, it's not like the drums. I mean, ribbons don't make any noise, and they're oh. just on the carpet, just doing their routine and throwing a ribbon up in the air. <laughs> That's insane. Oh, my goodness. When will July get here? <laughs> All right, a lot of questions. Hang in. 
Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Back to the Facebook questions. All right, gents, you three are in the Olympics. Amongst these events, which amongst you will rack up the most medals? No silver, bronze, just gold. If you feel all three of you are disqualified for an event, then skip to the next one. All right, could any of us uh, participate in diving? Like into no. a pool. Oh, nope. Nope. Okay. I mean, uh, I would lay it. I'd go feet first. By the way, this person chose Michael. Good job. Gymnastics ribbon twirling. Oh, all mm. three of us could do that. We could do oh, that. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it'd be something to behold in our tights with our <laughs> ribbon twirls. All right. So, no diving. Yes on the ribbon twirling. Long jump. Nope. We're too old. 100 meter hurdles. No chance in hell. I mean, it would uh, be fun to just run through them. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, the, the thought of that. Thinking about the 100-meter hurdles causes me to pull a hamstring. Um, 20K walk, that's a thing? Yeah, they have the walk. Yeah, yeah, and I could, we could all do that. And if you've watched it, they're, they're basically running but walking. I don't know how you determine. Yeah, they do those. They're doing they do the thing with their hands. Yeah, um, yeah. I think we, we could definitely speed walk. Yeah, we'd we lose. Do. We'd come in last. Well, we wouldn't win a gold. We'd come in last, but we'd finish. We could do it. Uh, no to the marathon. Now, here's what I think. We, with a little time to gear up, archery. Hell no to the marathon. Archery, archery yeah, same thing. I yeah. feel like it's not like you're, it's not like you come out of the womb preternaturally able Good to shoot arrows. arrows. Yeah, it's just, it's a learned skill. Right. So give us all six months. I'm sure it's very months. hard, but yeah. Yeah, we, sure. But yeah. give us all six months when we're 12. Yeah. And then we just keep doing it. And by the time we're 19, we're world champions. We're like Iris' sister. We're ranked nationally in archery. That's what you yeah. need to get Brady on. He can do that up there. Yeah. Archery. I mean, there's a lot of stuff besides baseball, I guess. Shot put, no. Boxing. I boxed way back in the day briefly. And no, all of us now couldn't. Nope. Back in the day, we weren't fast enough either. No. Break dancing is an Olympic sport, by the way. Did you know that? Stop. Um, it is. Carl, Carl Lewis is rolling over in his it, grave. It what is are not. we doing with the Olympic? Yeah, it is, it is now. Not. It's a, yeah, it is. It's become one. It's like it's they took softball out, but now but breakdancing is an Olympic sport. Like what, what? what? I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, I know, you know softball is back is, now. You know what else is a a, a sport now? According to this uh, question, trampoline. What the hell is that? Do you it's just jump like around a, on a trampoline? It's the natural evolution of rhythm gymnastics. Now you're now you do trampoline. Pretty soon they're going to have Red Rover. I mean, what they're doing with the Olympics is nuts. Like it, it used to just be like athletic endeavors, and now they're going to do trampoline jumping. They do skateboarding, which again, it's impressive what they do. But keep it at the X Games. But anyway, I yeah, watch. I watch it all, man. I watch it all. I watch them row. Yeah, you. It is rather weird that you do watch all of that. You'll watch. You, that's. I can't watch archery, even though I think it's neat. I'd watch for thirty seconds, and I go, "Oh, that guy he hit the target." Yeah, he hit the blue. Good job. Yeah, <laughs> I'm done with it. I'm done with it at that point. Uh, all right, Steve writes, "What's the one position group you think could be a pleasant surprise this year, guys? Lots to choose from. Not that many look very good on paper." Hmm. I'm gonna see. You're not gonna go with linebacker. I'm guessing. No, no I think it's terrible. That's a, it's a real concern. What about tight ends? There's some I'm bodies a, there. They got yeah, some bodies yeah, there. Yeah. My guy Jordan Wilson will be back. Yep. Mm-hmm. You and I ranked him, Corey. I mean, Ira. Corey didn't. I think I, I don't think Corey even ranked him. No, no I love. No. Nope. It's a gross oversight. 
the um, he could he could be something. Yeah, I mean, I you know, it's yeah, I don't know, man. Tight. I mean, yeah, from a position group standpoint, maybe tight end. I mean, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. The secondary has the potential to be it, but like I can't say that anymore. I've three years now. I think I've been saying the secondary is going to be a lot better, and it hasn't happened. So if it ever happens. Yeah, surprise group, maybe defensive end. Like if you know. separate them out from the defensive line, no. Not buying it. We'll see. I mean, I, Jermaine Johnson's a nice player, and I think Kier Thomas could be. But we we didn't get to see him in the spring. No. Um, that'll be big. If he's that would be, if he's good, I think that would maybe they could be the group because he is. You know, he could be a substantial upgrade. We know Jermaine Johnson's going to be a substantial upgrade. So that you know they could be better than we think. But, you know, we just haven't seen him yet. Well, I hope that the tight end position does emerge because in Norvell's offense, it has always played a significant role uh, when he's had successful offenses at Memphis. And then the other thing that I would note is if Jackson West emerges, how fun will it be for us to just say Jackson West? Just just going on and on about Jackson West taking the field. It'd be great. That'd be so yep. good. That's a that's a perfect name for a, an elite tight end in the South. Jackson. Big old Southern tight end, yeah, from Alabama yeah. named Jackson West. Yeah, Good old Jackson West on the kitsch. Going to own yeah, a lumber be, company in 10 years. Oh, yeah. And he's not allowed to wear gloves. Jackson West, if you're listening, uh, your name excludes you from ever wearing gloves, receiving gloves. Like, everybody wears those. Listen, no, O'Leary didn't wear them. You don't need to wear them either. If you're going to emerge and be this guy that can make some money off of being named Jackson West playing tight end, you can't wear gloves. And when you're at a Mexican restaurant and they hand you the hot plate, you take it with your hands. Like you a don't man. let them set it down for you. You're not a yeah. yeah you, you're Jackson West. You're Jackson West who doesn't wear gloves and you're impervious to heat. Just take it. Just take <laughs> it. And set it down. To pay. You, got no, you got no problems there. Uh, we'll come back. Wrap up uh, headlines. Headliner question still. To get to in a moment. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Wrapping it up. Some more headliner questions off of Facebook. Corey, I have been, this is yeoman's work, buddy. I've gotten most all the Twitter questions in, and now I'm really cruising on these Facebook questions. So You're doing it, man. You're doing it. Your criticisms were unwarranted. And he's, uh, and he's still crotchety. Yeah. Matt writes, off-season question. At the time... Rutgers was seen as a winner in the conference expansion blitz of 2012. Since then, their football team has been nothing more than a chew toy for the rest of the Big Ten. Seriously, they've gone winless in conference play three of the last four years. I know Rutgers administrators are happy with the Big Ten money, but did their fans ultimately get screwed out of fun, a watchable product? What would you want for your team as a fan if given the choice? To be competitive at lower levels of the sport or play amongst the elite only to get your head kicked in every week? Yeah, it's a good question. I know they're they what's his name's doing pretty well there now. Um, but yeah. what's what's the ceiling for Rutgers? It ain't high, uh, especially in a, in a conference like that. So the question is like, would you rather go even if you're good, go six and six, probably go three and nine, and get destroyed by Ohio State and Michigan most years, or play against UConn of the the UConns of the world and maybe go nine and three? That's a good question. Like, I, obviously they're going to take the money all the time, but for the fan. For the, for the fan base? Is it more fun? The answer is, as a fan base, you want to go and see your team win some games and go to a bowl. Yeah. You, you, would you think, know, right? it, what good does it do you when you sit down at the 50 
as a diehard supporter of Rutgers football on any given Saturday, knowing that you're going to watch your team lose by 45 points. Like that, yeah. that nobody has fun doing that. Nobody. Is Missouri kind of similar? The SEC? Arkansas is, sim- Arkansas is the same. So is Missouri. So, well, Missouri's been competitive. Missouri actually came into the conference and won the SEC. Yeah, but then they had a downturn for a few years. They did, but they've been competitive. Rutgers, to his point, has gone winless in the conference right. three of the last four years. Winless. Yeah. <laughs> Not a win. Um, I, I feel like Arkansas hasn't been, you know, they had that one stretch of a couple of years, uh, but they really, I mean, are they competitive in the SEC? No. No. And what is what is Rutgers doing with that money? Like, what are they doing with it? Same thing with, well, yeah, I guess like Vanderbilt. Like, I guess Vanderbilt spends it all on their baseball team. But by the well, way, really, what a collapse. should have gotten knocked up. Yeah, that was got crazy up last that night. Stanford let that happen. But like, yeah, like Rutgers is making his, Rutgers makes more money from college football than Florida State by a wide margin. That seems fair. They make more money than Clemson. They get more TV money for their college football team than Clemson does. Good stuff. Um, if FSU coaches were adult beverages, what would they be? Um, and so John writes this question. He said that Willie would be O'Doul's, Mickey Andrews, anything a coal miner drinks. Walt, Walt Bell would be White Claw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's pretty good. <laughs> that is good. I think Jimbo would have been – some form of whiskey. Moonshine. Um, I don't know what else. I'm trying to think, guys. What are you? Um, who's a good fit? What's uh, Alex Adkins? Mm. He's an impressive coach. He's a smart guy and a hard worker. You got to be somewhat sophisticated, yet also blue collar. That's a yeah, tough he, mix. He might be a whiskey. He what, might be a better, whiskey or a good, Leonard? strong red. What's Leonard? Is he like a oh, he's a, he's red wine, sweet wine, red wine? Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, you're he's, right. He's red yeah. wine. He's a sophisticated red wine. Yeah, and yeah, you get better with age. Better with age, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I see. No, no, no doubt. That's that's a good one. Uh, is there a better player in any sport you feel is a kindred spirit when it comes to your personal style of play? Uh, is there a player, not better? Is there a player in any sport you feel is a kindred spirit when it comes to your personal style of play? That's from Charlie. A player like that we've covered. Just in life. In I'd life say, uh, in general. I'd say Randy Moss for me, probably. <laughs> I see afraid, that. You guys see that, right? Ready to go over the middle, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but, a, yeah. but a playmaker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I would I, I'm just thinking of the FSU landscape and I'm gonna go with Ryan Reed. Just a just a banger mm. inside, doing yeah. some of the dirty work. Maybe occasionally steps out and shoot a jumper, but more just mm-hmm. setting screens. Rebound a high IQ, a high IQ, competitive guard. You know, yeah, I, I didn't want to say it. I'm glad you said it. I saw you against Linnefeld. Linnefeld had no chance. You locked him down every time <laughs> we played. Put him in the meat locker. It was over. Yeah. Had yeah. him down in the post and call it a day, baby. Plus that footwork. Yeah, uh, we did it to Florida State. Yeah, man, that's a – yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Florida State. I think I would go with – Todd Rebel. Uh, I don't, I don't. Todd Rebel. <laughs> That's a name I hadn't said in a while. Um, let's see. Who else would I? Who, who, that's tough, man. I really don't. I feel like I know I, I know I play a part on this show, but I think if I was really good at something, 
I wouldn't talk too much smack about it. Occasionally I might, but I think most of the times I'm just flipping the ball to the referee, a la work done. Now, occasionally, occasionally, if I run for 80 yards against Miami, I'll hold my hand in my ear, or I'll high step in the end zone when we beat Florida on the on the 80-yard pass from Charlie Ward. As you should. But as you more should. More often than not, I'm just flipping the ball to the ref and saying that's what I do. That's just what I do. I just like I just want to live in that universe where there's a football league where you are that guy. You are work done. <laughs> yeah, I'm picturing it yeah, right now. I'm going to an elementary school and it's against fourth graders. <laughs> and I'm just showing them the ball as I run past them. Yeah, that that's uh, a like that, yeah, that's that's the only that's the only league. I wish I wish I could say Lawrence Timmons. But I can't. That's not. I mean, I like to think of myself as that kind of tough and that kind of strong. But the reality is that's just not true because that was a different animal. I love that when you got players off the record and talk about having to deal with him, that it was, it was, it was brutal. That he was just stronger than everybody else. Yeah. And yeah. As, as as evidenced in his football career in the NFL, he was uh, just an underrated, hardworking badass for years and yeah. years and years. Every time he looked up, you're like, damn, Lawrence Timmons is still out here kicking ass? Kind of, kind of un- uh, not, maybe not for, forgotten's too strong, but maybe a little underappreciated because of when he played at Florida State. He was right in the yeah. pocket between when they were good and when they got good again, but he was he was really good at Florida State. He was, he was really good, yeah. So was Buster Davis. He's good in the league, he yeah. He's a really good player. Yeah, he's a really good player. So they, they had some guys. Uh, Kyle Ritello, boys, if you could only eat one thing for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the next five years, what's the food? Hmm. Huh. Ira, uh, I, pizza? Man, it's tough. No, nah, I don't think so. Um, oof, that's tough. I, I, you know, I'm trying to think of something that I know I could like. Anything that's like rich would just get disgusting after a little while. Um, I'm thinking I, it's got to be something a little kind of blandish, like like peanut butter and jelly. Like I think I could eat peanut that's butter. That's crazy, jelly. Ira. You wouldn't want to. I, I was going to say eggs because I you thought about them, eggs. You can make them a few different ways. I thought or about you could eggs. Just cook them. Like if you're gonna do fried eggs every time, you can, one day they could be runny, one day they could be hard. Like you could mix it up a little at least. Oh, eggs! I don't think I could do that for a, for five yeah. years. I think you're right. Bland would probably have to be the. Are you allowed to toast the bread occasionally? You know, uh, you know. Can I can I put a little butter on there with the peanut butter? Right, mix it up. Right, a yeah. What what are the stipulations? Um. Yeah, that's that's tough. Um. All right. Gary writes, without researching Corey and Ira, they want you to do this. Can you name the eighth president? The eighth president? They wrote hashtag American history for that ass. <laughs> well, what a, I, this isn't a trivia game, these guys. Are, these are your Facebook <laughs> buddies, Corey. Yeah, this is, yeah. Uh, I'm going to say, guys, by the I'm, way, I'm going to show you my hands. So just so I'm not looking. Record, I'm not looking, but for the record, I, I'm going to guess... Andrew Jackson? I think he was a little later. I'm going to say... I'm going to say Polk. Okay, James. Ron Ron Polk? Yeah. Who are you you going with, Ira? We all have our hands up. I'll look it up. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. I I don't know, man. U.S. history is literally the worst. I'm worse at that than anything. Take a guess. Was McKinley a president? I'll go with McKinley. He was. He was. he was a president. Okay, I was a little later. He was a, he was assassinated. What's the answer, Corey? Oh, 
Martin Van Buren. Mm. Man, yeah. That don't sound like no president. Martin Van <laughs> yeah. Buren. My, he hey, should be a count over in Europe dad, somewhere. My dad, so by the way, up. did yeah. get his degree in uh, American history, and uh, but I am the, so bad. My That's, father can name every president from from George Washington to now, and in that order, and he can also tell you who their vice president was. It's insane. He is a presidential expert. He he goes backwards and forwards. It's now, amazing. Far off, James Polk was the eleventh. There you go. Well, when was Andrew Jackson? I think he was right around Lincoln, right? So in the teens, maybe I'll look it up. The only class I ever got caught cheating. Oh wow, you were really close. You were seventh. You were boom. Right you were close. Get you were off close it. Yeah, yeah, a lot closer than you. And thanks for just dismissing my pick <laughs> as being wildly off, even though I was yeah. one president away from being. Maybe I, I think I was thinking of Andrew Johnson as being close to Lincoln. Now, there you go. Go ahead, Ira. Jeff, yeah, right. I was just saying that that literally is the only class I ever got caught cheating in in high school, eleventh grade history. Uh, Mr. Milligan, no, no, Mr. Yeah, Mr. Milligan, I think was the teacher, and he uh, he stood next to my desk. He saw that I was cheating, and then just came and stood next to my desk for like five minutes. It felt like two hours, just standing there making me sweat because he knew I had like a little cheat sheet under my hand. And finally, after about five minutes, he goes, okay, you want to hand it over? Ooh. And, uh, and then I had to Ooh. give it to him. And, so uh, one time in math class, I can't remember. It, was, it certainly wasn't calculus. It was, a, it was kind of the not smart math class in high school. <clears throat> we were taking a quiz, and I was playing with my fingernail under the desk because it had come loose. So I was picking it. And the, and the, the teacher, the coach, was like, Corey, you can go ahead and uh, take that test tomorrow because I know you're cheating right now. Because he saw me looking under my desk at my finger. Man. And I was so embarrassed to say, hey, I'm playing with my fingernail. And I'm like, all right, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> what I said, though, is like, I promise I'm not, I'm not cheating. You can check these answers. They're all wrong. Oh, my God. That's good. Well, bottom line good is uh, I got cheated. I caught cheating in chemistry class. Uh, we, it was an advanced chemistry class. I thought I, you know, would have no problems. I did have problems and I cheated off a girl, uh, that Heather McGee was her name. And, um, she was really, really smart and she loved chemistry. And I sat down next to her and asked her if I could cheat. And she said, yes, but don't make it obvious. Inside of five minutes of that test starting, I had been busted and we both got F's because the teacher <laughs> said that she had clearly allowed me to do it. Oh boy. Good job, Jeff. Way to go. Yeah. By the way, I just want to yeah. I, I want to thank our listeners. There, there's probably no other sports podcast in America where just out of the blue the hosts get asked who the eighth president of the United States is. That's that's what headlines does, man. That's I think what headlines is. Anything, I think if we learned anything about today's show, it's that I have a little bit better grasp on who was president when than anybody else on this podcast. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I, 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 I could have told you that before we got on. <laughs> For Iris Chappelle and Corey Clark, I'm Jeff Cameron. Thanks for listening, everybody. We won't be with you next week. The boys are on vacation, uh, but we'll be back after that. Take care. Seminal Headlines on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Get more from Jeff, Corey, and Ira via iTunes and in the 97.9 ESPN Radio Audio Vault. This has been a production of 97.9 ESPN Radio, Tallahassee Sports Monster.